Hello and welcome to the Homesick to Happy Movers podcast. I am Keisha Ellingson and I help movers who have moved to a new area heal homesickness by leading them through the process of creating connections and excitement, even if you are super shy because I was too. Today we're talking with Megan Dale about emotional intelligence and we're talking about emotional intelligence for all the women out there, which is going to be a great conversation. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome. It's so good to be here again. <laughs> yeah. So how has emotional intelligence changed your world? Oh my gosh. It's like going from, I'm just trying to survive to get through the day to I'm living fully alive. Like it's night and day difference when you can understand what your body is telling you and how can I give it grace and love and have healthy boundaries and then I can respond to life so much different when I understand my thoughts create my behaviors create my actions create my beliefs when I can change how I emotionally respond and have a higher emotional intelligence, everything changes. Yeah, yeah. And um, do you think that women block their emotions? Absolutely. I mean, we stuff them, right? Like Oreos dipped in peanut butter as the spoon, stuff them. We void them. We push them down. Well, I've got to keep going. I, I can't possibly stop this. I just have to keep going. I've got to do more. We numb out and scroll. Or have we binged watch Netflix? Now, is eating peanut butter and Oreos and watching Netflix or being on social media, are those all negative? No, but when there are coping mechanisms, that can become a place where we are not living in fully alive. We're living in survival mode. And often we need somebody to go first. It's like this person living fully alive, I need to see them and learn. How do I do that? How, like, how do I get out of survival mode? Because when we're in survival mode, it feels like trying to have to do one more thing is going to tip us over the edge. The boat has a hole in it. And if I have to do one more thing, it's coming down. Like that is survival mode. And stepping into being fully alive can feel intimidating and scary. Um, and most of the time we think, if I have to feel another emotion, the boat's coming crashing down. So we block the emotion, but we compound them. They pile up on each other. And instead of creating bricks to make a staircase, each different emotion that we compound and we block become bricks that fall on top of us and we're buried under them instead of using the bricks as a ladder to get to the growth that we desire. Yeah, what happens um, in the long run when we choose not to feel our emotions? Well, emotions can be stuck in our organs. So like anger, is actually processed in the liver. So you can actually have sickness and disease, um, autoimmune disease, cancer come up when you, un when you do not process emotions. Um, so there's sickness that can happen. 
But if I have unprocessed emotion and it's going on in my body, do you think I'm going to respond kindly when my husband's rubbing my back at 10 p.m. and he's like, hey, babe, I'm going to be like, <laughs> what are you thinking? You still have your underwear on the other side of the bed. There's no way like I'm exhausted. So it impacts our relationship with our spouses. It impacts our relationship with our kids. Have you ever spouted angry anger out of your mouth when you're running late? Come on. all it can be unprocessed emotion instead of being able to like breathe recognize what's happening what's coming up for you and then I can respond in kindness and gentleness with my kids now my kids probably need to learn to move a little faster sometimes or I asked them yesterday to get this ready and they didn't and there's an obedience training that we get to do but most of the time our emotions are causing us to respond to life in a way that we may not even desire. Like, I don't even like who I am when I respond to my kids that way, but I don't know how to change it. Or I'm out of my window of tolerance. I'm out of balance for myself. How in the world am I supposed to respond in gentleness and kindness when my body feels like my heart is racing? My shoulders are tense. I kind of have a headache. My stomach hurts. My pulse feels like it's raining, racing. I feel a little shaky. How am I supposed to respond kindly when my body's in freak out mode and my emotions are compiled on top of each other? Yeah. Do you have any tips for women who are walking through exactly what you described where their body's in freak out mode? What do they do? So the first thing that we can do is free. Anybody can do it. Take a deep breath. Our body has um, a nervous system that happens without us. It's automatic. It's called the autonomic nervous system. One part of the nervous system is the go button. It's the sympathetic nervous system. It's like hitting the gas pedal. It's the heart racing. It's the, all the things I just described. And that is outside of balance. Balance is what they call in the science world homeostasis. The other part of the nervous system is um, the brake button. It's the brake to the car. It's parasympathetic nervous system. Both of these happen without us knowing. The more we hit the gas, the easier it is to hit the gas. The harder it is to hit the brake. And most of the time, us women, we're living in go. We're living in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn all the time. We don't know how to come back to rest and digest, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. It's the break, it's the boundaries, it's the rest. And so the biggest thing is recognizing that awareness comes before transformation. If we want to transform, we have to be aware. The first thing I started to do was I started to track when my body was telling me it was out of alignment. When my heart was racing, when my shoulders got tight, like I get like this tightness right in the upper area of my neck and shoulder. And it feels like there's a knot there. When I start to feel those, then I started to track when that was happening. So just tracking your body's stress response and understanding it's a stress response that's happening um, can be super helpful. When I feel the stress response, if I take a deep breath in through my nose for three seconds and out of my mouth for six seconds, it resets 
my nervous system. It goes from that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn to the rest and digest. So recognizing when my body is giving me a response of a stress and then being able to just go, your heart rate will automatically start to reset. The tenseness in your stomach will go, will start to dissipate. The pressure you feel in your shoulders and in the back of your neck will start to release. You may have to take deep breaths a lot and it's okay. It's the work of our lives to help our bodies be regulated so that we can respond. Because when we're in dysregulation, when we're in our stress response, the front part of your brain is where logic and reasoning happen and like conscious thought happen. We can't respond in that way. We cannot respond with logic and reasoning. So when emotions are high, our intelligence is actually low. So recognizing my emotions are high right now, I'm probably going to respond unkindly. I need a minute. And just asking for a break. You might need 30 minutes. You might need an hour. You might need like, this is really activating my body. I need to wait to respond to you for a couple of days so that I can respond in kindness. Just being aware that your body is giving you a response signal and then giving yourself the freedom to have space and to breathe, to reset yourself back. So when you're having a heavy and hard conversation and your heart is pounding and your shoulders are tense and you feel like you're going to throw up, that you're not responding to that conversation when your body is in that way. That you can come back into calm, come back into balance. And now I can have logic and reasoning and res respond to you in the way that I actually truly desire to respond to you. But I can't do that with my heart racing 500 miles a minute. Yeah. So when you talked about like tracking and you just like track when you felt unregulated, um, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So a lot of the women that I coach with, they're like, do you have a tracking sheet? I'm like, no guys, like, no. <laughs> I started in, in school in PT school. We learned about all the different nervous systems and how our body responds. I'm like, Oh, I'm actually in a stress response. Like that was the key for me to click on, to understand what was going on. The first thing that I started to notice is that when we were running late and I was trying to get the kids out the door, my body responded. My heart would race. I would feel nauseous and the most intense sharp pain happened in my upper neck. And I realized after a week of running late that that happened every time I was running late. So I was like, oh, I'm just noticing without judgment, without criticism. I'm just noticing my body is telling me something. I'm feeling pressure about being late. And then I would go into getting curious. Why do I feel bad about being late? What happened to me as a kid when I was late? What happened to other women when they were running late? What happened to other women when they forgot something that was important for their kids or their kids forgot something? How did other women and other men respond to them in that way? And what I learned was that the women that were late, that were around me, they got criticized and judged. You're not a good enough mom. 
you knew that they had this project done, you should have had all the stuff together. So at that point, shoulds came out. And when there is should, there is shame. So we're, we're other people were literally placing shame on other women or on myself to try to get on time and have everything that I needed. And if I missed a step, shame was placed on me. So then as a woman, without those women even around, when my kids were late or we forgot something, my body remembered. And I didn't process the emotion then because I didn't know that I was feeling, actually what I was feeling was little T traumas. It was traumatic for me to hear other women criticize other women or moms about being late or about not having all their stuff. There wasn't a place of, I've got your back. It was like, you didn't show up well enough. So when I was first learning and I could feel my body respond in the stress response around being late and I would start to spew anger, but I deeply desired not to spew anger at my children. I'm like, I'm changing this. And I started to feel the emotion and I would take deep breaths and I started to get curious what's actually going on here. And I like just asked myself a series of questions and remembering. And then I released myself from the value system that the other women in my life had held. That if you're on time and you're all put together, you're worthy. But for me, worthiness came from I'm born worthy and nothing has changed. But I desire to be the mom that even if my kids forget something, I've got their back. Even if we're running late, it doesn't place a negative meaning on me as a mom or them as a kid. We're human. We're running late. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. And I rewrote their bodies change about what happens when we run late. I rewrote the meaning of what it meant. I chose my own value system and I released the pressure and the trauma that was happening and coming up for me when I was feeling my body having a stress response around being late. That's so powerful. So when you asked yourself a series of questions, uh, what kind of questions did you ask? So one of the biggest things can be like, um, when was the first time I felt pressure around being late? Because time, you know, that was a trigger. A lot of it, so that could be what they call a trigger. I don't love the word trigger because it feels negative, but I actually use the word activated. My nervous system is being activated right now. I get to invite love in. This is a place for me to heal something. I'm activated into growth. I'm activated into healing rather than I'm triggered into still feeling broken. Two totally different energies that come to the table. And when you're working on emotional healing, no one wants to feel broken. They want to feel activated into hope, activated into love, activated into growth. So those were an activation for me. When my body was feeling activated, I would start to ask questions. When was the first time I remember feeling this way? Who's involved? What was happening? What was said? Was it done to me? Do I remember somebody else being late and what happened to them? And then in that moment, if it didn't even happen to me, I subconsciously chose that 
I don't like the way this feels, so I'm never going to be late again because feeling this feeling means something. We created a negative meaning around an experience that may not even happen to us, but we decided we never wanted to feel that way. So just asking ourselves and kind of going back a little bit into when did this happen? What was there? What was said? What feeling did I feel? And then I started to examine what value is, is happening? What value does the person that said it, what value do they hold? Do I want the results that they're getting? No. So if I don't want the results of the person that's saying this negative thing, the results that they have, why am I still doing this thing? I don't even like the results that they have. But that opened up the door for forgiveness, releasing them because they're human. They too had shame placed on them and that's how they operated in shame being placed on them understanding that I actually really misunderstand what's going on because there's so much deeper going on in the person that's saying the negative thing that I will never understand because I never understand how they're bringing their trauma and their unhealed things to the table and telling me or telling another woman about what they should be when they're running late that gives me a level of empathy and compassion for their humanity and not even, they may not even have a skill. I mean, emotional intelligence is really kind of a newer conversation and a newer skill set many people do not even know about or don't have. So then I get to forgive them. And then I get to create my own value system and create boundaries to keep me in a more balanced mode. I like to call it protecting my peace. I do things throughout my day. A lot of people call it self-care, but in all reality, we're protecting our peace, which is why you're like, well, I got a pedicure and a manicure and I took a bath, but I feel, I still feel stressed or I feel good in the moment. And as soon as I step back into my house, stress happens all over again. It's because you just cared for your body, but you didn't do soul care. And we need both, not just self-care, soul care too, so that we can have that higher emotional intelligence. Um, and forgiveness truly is a reset, but we have to have boundaries as well. We can't just let the people come back into our lives and do the same things over and over and over. That's just like causing more, you know, the same trauma again and again. Um, but getting to the place to get curious and ask those questions and then process forgiveness can really help reset what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Could you speak to what? The boundaries look like in your life? So for me, um, in a relationship, that may mean like, I actually didn't realize that this was trauma and I need to not have you in my life right now. Sometimes that's that. Sometimes a boundary looks like I love you and I know that you mean the best for me, which is why you're bringing this conversation to the table but we can't have this conversation right now. Or it's like, I wanna be in relationship with you, but also I can't have this conversation. Like, I love you, but we can't talk about this. Um, sometimes it's creating space 
for like, I'm feeling activated in my body. Now I need space so that you don't respond in spewing anger because I truly desire to respond in gentleness, kindness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. I desire all of those things. But when I'm activated, it's really, really hard for me to respond that way. So it's just saying, I need a minute or I love you and I honor you and I respect you, but I'm going to have to get off the phone right now because I'm feeling a lot of emotion in my body and I don't want to say anything that's going to harm our relationship when I have this much emotion in my body. So I'm going to get off the phone and I promise we'll have a conversation in another day. It can also be like needing to have a conversation with someone. And instead of just throwing the ball at their head and they don't know that it's coming, it's like, hey, I have had something come up for me and I would really like to have a conversation with you. It's really important. And I just want to make sure that we have, like we're both in a good space when we have the conversation. Is now a good time or would it be better for us to schedule this in and we can have a coffee date or we can talk on the phone at another time. I want to make sure it's a good time for you too. So we're not just chucking balls at people, whacking them upside the head when they don't know a hard conversation is coming. Right. Yeah, that's so powerful. Um, and I feel like boundaries get easier as you place them. Yes. So some of those things that, that you said, I'm like, oh, I am not there yet, but I could get there. Um, mm-hmm. ha- like, have you seen the same thing in your life where you at first placing a boundary is hard and then as you get practice it becomes easier absolutely when I first started this placing a boundary with someone that had already been kind of critical or judgmental like we go back to the meaning that we make things like what are they going to think about me when I create this boundary my nervous system would activate so quickly when trying to create a boundary for the first time. But my also, my nervous system was activated when I didn't have the boundary. So I kind of got pushed and pulled in between in the middle. And I finally had to just make a choice and make a decision, which one. And I was like, healing matters to me. So this isn't about trying to fix it, which would be honoring the other person and like not doing something that makes them think or feel in a different way, but it's healing it. It's recognizing like, Hey, I'm feeling really activated right now. So I'm going to have to place this boundary. And there for a while, every time I would step into that situation, my body would respond. And then I would do all the comforting things to bring myself back, both in the mindset and identity training and in the I need a soft, warm, cozy blanket and a hot cup of tea and snuggled on my husband's lap and we're going to watch the funniest show that we know so I can laugh because I can't feel any other emotion right now. Um, So it did get easier. And now it's like, if someone's having a hard conversation with me and I'm like, I'm out of my window of tolerance, I'm out of balance, I don't want to respond, I can come with the script of I'm feeling so activated right now that I know that the chances of me responding unkind to you are very high. And I do not desire to be that person. I want to be a safe person for you and for me. So I need a minute. And so you have a script too. With honor. Yes. A script of honor of like, 
I love you so much. I honor you. I respect you. And I feel like it's going to be really hard for me right now to respond in kindness. I need a minute. I'm going to need some time on this, but I promise we'll get back to it. But I truly desire not to respond angry at you. Like we love our people in our lives, but the people closest to us are the ones that probably activate us the most. And so having a script, having a, that script really helped me set a boundary because I knew when I said that in that tone and not in like anger and I'm going to come at you. But when I said it in this like relaxed, lean back tone, that changed the whole game. It de-arms the person you're having a conversation with. And I came with the value of our relationship means so much to me. That's the end result that we're still in a relationship after this conversation, but I've got some healing to do. Sometimes somebody might, our husbands may say something. They don't even know they're activating us. And we get so activated from something that happened in the past and has nothing to do with our husband, but by golly, they hit a button and we're like ready to pounce, you know, like the buttons hit impending dooms coming at you. You better watch out, but I don't want to do that to my husband. I don't want to be that wife. I don't want to respond to that way. I want to protect peace in our relationship and love in our relationship. And I've got to go work on healing on what just got activated in me because half the time it didn't even have anything to do with you. And most of the times our spouses aren't really trying to hurt us on purpose. But what happens, what I found in my marriage is that I could, my husband could do something and he could pounce on my trigger. He could hit the button for me to activate. And because I know him so well, I can say something that react, that hits his button. And we could go in a cycle of he's activating me. I'm activating him. He's activating me. I'm activating him. And then we're pushing the buttons for each other. But when my husband and I learned emotional intelligence and learned um, this deeper healing, we cover each other's wounds. He covers me so much. Like something will happen and I'll have a conversation with him. He's like, oh my gosh. I know that that's something that that you've struggled with in the past. How does that make you feel? Or if I'm in 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 a conversation with my husband and I know that my words can cut him deep, I don't use them. Cover. Because most of the time, Women will do anything to feel disappointed. They will do anything not to feel disappointed, but men will do anything not to feel guilt or shame. So I can spew guilt and shame at him so fast just because I'm angry. That's not the wife that I want to be. That's not being fully alive in my marriage. And the thing that he said to me probably is nothing. Like he probably didn't even have that intent that he's coming at me in that way. But that's an activation of, I need to activate love in my life and where I'm feeling icky about the thing he just said that didn't even mean to be a fiery dart, but it landed in my heart like a fiery dart. And that's a place that I get to heal. And then I'm choosing not to respond negatively at him. I can just be like, that felt like a fiery dart. Yeah. 
I know you probably didn't do anything. You didn't say it to mean to intentionally hurt me because I know you deeply love me. And even if he did most of the time, it's coming from a place of, of trauma and harm from him. And then I go in and I heal it. And I also set a boundary of, you can't talk to me that way all the time. Like there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like you, there's a difference in he's saying something that activates me versus like being in a relationship that is just trauma inducing. Like I don't want those words to feel misunderstood. Um, but I know my husband deeply loves me and would not intentionally throw fiery darts at me. They can land and feel that way based on my own unhealed trauma and unhealed emotional things. And I get to activate going into healing and I'm not going to send him into, you need emotional healing too, just because I spewed anger at you and through shame and through, you know, how you got it wrong too. Right. Cause usually trying to push blame yeah and I love how you said that you guys cover each other's wounds yeah I think that is so powerful and also like the flipped it's like completely flipped you flip the script on like instead of going in a downward cycle cycle hitting each other's buttons you're going in an upward cycle covering each other's wounds which is so powerful could you speak to the women or women who try to hold it all together and they don't show their wounds, right? They're holding it all together on the outside, but they feel like they're falling apart on the inside. Most of the time when that happens, we start to fall apart on the outside too. But it's like you've put hot water in a tea kettle and the the tea kettle looks really nice, pretty, it's got the fancy handle and it's painted all nice, but eventually it's gonna blow. Eventually it's gonna scream. We can only hold so much unprocessed, unhealthy emotions in our body before we scream and blow, which is where anger comes in. Like I'm spewing anger and frustration out of my mouth. That's, you're blowing. You've just blowed the lid off the top and it's like, I'm cooked, the water is ready. And it's like, I'm cooked. There's too much pressure. I've got to release this pressure. That's a really good picture of like a tea kettle. And if you're not processing your emotions, you're just heating up that water. Mm -hmm. You're boiling it and you're just cranking it up every time, every time, every time. And then it's going to be like, until it's like, it screams so much. Like you're in the other room and you forgot that it was on the stove and it screams so much. It's like ear piercing, like, ouch that hurts, hurry up, get that off. Like, and then you're like, now you need an emergency response. Somebody's got to run to the rescue to get that hot water and the tea kettle off the heat. So the biggest thing is, is recognizing why are you trying to hold it together all on the outside? Where did you say yes to things that you really should have said no to? Why did you say yes to those things? Are you trying to hold the piece of somebody else having an opinion about you? Like then, then we get to start to heal those things. One of the biggest questions, you'll see it right there. I read in a book, it said, whose well done are you working for? When we're trying to hold it all together on the outside, I want to ask, 
whose well done are you working for? And that's why you're trying to hold it all together. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, I can see that a lot with like peacekeepers and someone who's trying to keep the peace yeah. is um, they will take on other people's emotional burden um, just to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's yeah. actually a trauma response. That's the one called fawn is being the peacekeeper. I mean, there are people that are naturally gifted at bringing peace to an environment. My other, my husband is one of them. He's like calm, cool, and collected all the time. There can be this massive storm and he can just stay. The, you know, he's the solid rock in emergencies. And so he's just naturally gifted in that. But then there's the difference of somebody's angry and I've got to keep quiet or I've got to go to them and calm them down to keep the peace because we've experienced trauma when the peace isn't kept in that situation. There was a big T or a little T trauma that came with it. So it can actually be a trauma response called fawn when we try to mask other things or we keep quiet or we like hush or we do things that we don't really want to do to keep the peace. That's different than just being naturally gifted and there's a disaster and this person knows how to hold peace in their body and knows how to be this like solid rock when there's like a tornado or a hurricane coming versus the person that's doing the fawning of holding, you know, trying to keep peace, they're trying to keep the storm from happening. Mm that's a trauma response and it served us well at one time in our lives. So we do it again because we understood the outcome that we had in the past. And we think subconsciously that that same outcome is gonna happen again, but it might not happen again because it might be with different people and we're not dealing with the same person that caused the trauma in the first place. If we're dealing with the same person that caused the trauma in the first place, there needs to be a boundary set. But we don't do that. We carry around that same response everywhere we go. Yeah, it's kind of like putting on a lens. Like mm -hmm. we decide to look at every situation like that old situation. Yes. Yeah, there's a really good activation for this. Look around your room and see if you can see something that's red. Yeah, I saw something. Okay, now tell me what was brown with closing your eyes. I don't know what was brown. <laughs> so you put the red lens on and that's all that you could see. Hmm. But there's something brown in the room. Yes. But you couldn't see it. Hmm. Only because you were looking for the red. When we look from a place of our unhealed trauma and our unprocessed emotion, we can only view the lens of I'm not good enough. I'm too much. I'm not worthy of X, Y, and Z. And my value, I've got to work for value. Instead, the brown was there. The truth is I was born worthy and nothing has changed. I was born fully loved and nothing has changed. The brown was still in your room. The truth is still there. We get to just start uncovering it. Right, yes, that's amazing. Um, so what simple steps can the listeners take today 
who they're just starting out to walk towards this healthier emotional life? The first step, again, is awareness. We cannot transform until we become aware. There will be no change until we become aware. So is your heart racing? Is your, do you feel the pit of like, ugh, in your stomach? Do you feel the tension in your shoulders? Do you have a dull, slight headache? Like, how does your body respond to stress? Start to become aware of that. And then start to track. When is that happening throughout your day? Is it with conversation with the same person? Is it like me at the beginning of the day when we're running late and time was a pressure of having to get it all right and being perfect, getting out the door and having everybody have all their things in order. And then that meant that I was a good mom. Track what your body is telling you. The thing is, is your body can't lie. So even if we don't like that it's responding in that way, it's responding in that way. And it's not going to get healed until we acknowledge that it's there. When is it happening? Yes, that's amazing. So where can the listeners connect with you on social media and all of your places? Yeah, so um, I have a group because I transitioned, uh, used my body stress response as a activator to run to the bridge. <laughs> you know, that like that was my thing to like calm my system instead of doing it in a healthy way until I learned how to eat dessert for breakfast and I've lost 60 pounds, um, nourishing my body and processing my emotions all at the same time. We can have joy and peace in the journey all along the way. So I have a community group called dessert for breakfast on Facebook. That's an amazing place to connect with me there. And, um, if you're like, I really want more on this emotional stuff. I have a six week full program, um, with pre-recorded modules, it's called Transforming Emotional Patterns. And it gets deep and deep down into all the things to give you this, the steps that you're like, just show me what to do. Teach me what to do and I'll do it. It's that, it's how, um, it's the why and it's the how and it's how to activate those things in our, in our world so that we can be fully alive and come out of survival mode. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So to, in order to close this podcast out, I have one last question for you. Um, and it's really geared towards all of the listeners today. What words of encouragement do you have for women who are feeling weary in their walk? Well, that's a good one. Um, I would say take a deep breath. You were born worthy and nothing has changed. And you might just need a break. And a break doesn't mean something negative. It doesn't mean that you're not strong. You're so strong. You're holding so much. It's not your job to hold it all anymore. And you actually become stronger when you rest. And rest becomes warfare against all the pressure and all the shame that is placed on us. So take a break. Breathe in the love of God and exhale the pressure that you're feeling. And this journey is you're not alone. There's so many women that feel exactly the same way as you do. And there's also so many women that have laid it all down 
and now they're living lives fully present, fully alive, not numbing, not stuffing, not scrolling, not avoiding, not, you can only come at it arm's length. And if you're seeing that about yourself and you desire growth, there's so many resources available for you. You are not without resources. And we do everything from the identity of, I am deeply loved. I was born worthy and nothing has changed. And from then I move, but I don't move until I, I hold that feeling. That is amazing. Well, thank you, Megan, so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I feel like this, this podcast episode is, I know, will be so useful and helpful to many women who are listening. Yes, thank you.